for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. Good everyone and welcome to today's Living Live. It's February now, uh, but in some parts of the world, and you know, maybe many parts of the world, the new Spider-Man movie might still be out. And you do know that I like talking about my pop culture. And yes, I've seen it. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, so relax. But I'm going to talk about the first Spider-Man movie that came out, I don't even know when, long, long time ago. And one of the great quotes, lines from that movie that every kid and every teenager and lots of people, even adults, have been quoting for the last, I don't know, 15 years or so, that with great power comes great responsibility, right? It's one of the coolest lines. I'm pretty sure that someone else said it before, you know, Uncle Ben from that movie Spider-Man, but it's such a great line. With great power comes great responsibility. Now, Spider-Man is a story of a normal kid who suddenly gets bit by radioactive um, spiders and gets superpowers, right? So the superpower was an accident. It was a random, lucky or unlucky, you know, which way you look at it, accident. And then he has to find his purpose. What does he do with this thing? And then his Uncle Ben tells him, with great power comes the responsibility, great responsibility. Now, for us Christians, though, it is the opposite. Because we will see that Jesus gives great power to match the great responsibility that he has called us to. So let's read the passage and then we'll continue. Luke chapter 9 verses 1 through 17. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was going on, and he was perplexed because some were saying that John had been raised from the dead, others that Elijah had appeared, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago had come back to life. But Herod said, I beheaded John. Who then is this I hear such things about? And he tried to see him. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. He replied, You give them something to eat. They answered, We have only five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. About five thousand men were there. But he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. 
taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Over the last couple of years, I've learned that for a leader and as a leader, one of the, if not the greatest purpose is to replace themselves. I actually came to this kind of late and I have some regrets about it. But, um, you know, in the past, I thought it was all about leading people to go, to do and to achieve. You know, um, you know, do things now, achieve things now, and then kind of, you know, prepare to do and achieve things in the future. You know, this does fit, right? I mean, there is a lot of this involved in leadership and leading people, but uh, it's not just about leading people for activities. You know, this is actually the easiest part if you re really think about it. The hardest part, and I think the greatest purpose of a leader is to lead people to do everything without you, and even to do everything without you, but also better than you, right? In some sense, it might feel a bit like, kind of like belittling, like, ah, you know, they are better than me. But, you know, I think that is the greatest, like, achievement of a leader, to have people that they led do everything that they did, but better. And if you think about it, this is what Jesus was doing with his disciples. Now, and we see this in throughout, uh, throughout today's passage. Jesus began his ministry by himself. You know, he was healing, he was, you know, ministering to the sick and so forth. But now he's starting to involve a select group of disciples to do exactly what he has been doing. And as the 12 disciples get more involved, we, you know, as readers of the scripture, we become privy to the details and we see a greater revelation of Jesus's identity and purpose at the same time. Now, this is going to be a recurring theme over the next couple of days throughout this chapter. Jesus is carrying out the will um, and the mission of God for the salvation of, of the world. Like that's his big picture. But at the same time, he is discipling and training a group of people. So there is a lot that we can learn from both of these aspects for our lives today. Now, in the first part, we see a commissioning of 12 people, and this commissioning is very, very specific. Jesus called his 12 disciples, he gave them power and authority, and then he sent them out to do what he does. Now, no, not, just to, not just what he did and stopped there. He didn't stop doing it, right? It's the same work that he has been doing that he will continue to do. And notice that Jesus tells them to do exactly what he has been doing and what he does. Nothing lesser or, you know, easier work kind of thing, because, you know, you guys are just people, you know, I'm the son of God. So, you know, you do, you do up to this much while I do the greater, you know, more impressive things. He doesn't do that. He tells them, go heal the sick, drive out the demons, everything that he does. Daryl Bach, a commentator and theologian wrote, the 12 are inducted into greater responsibility, not simply so they can do more, but so they can also receive more. Now, this principle of reciprocation will be repeated. Daryl Bach goes on to say, a complementary relationship between discipleship and Christology ensues, continues. True understanding of Jesus is granted to those who entrust their lives in discipleship to him. The greater your submission and your 
giving of your life to Jesus, the greater you will understand Jesus. Just as the disciples left everything to follow Jesus, something that Jesus will address you know, later on at the end of the chapter, Jesus also trusts them. Right? The disciples, in doing so, will receive a lot. The principle of reci reciprocation becomes a cycle then. Right? And in the four Gospels in the New Testament, we often see like levels of people around Jesus. You have those unbelieving people and even hostile people, right? the, the Pharisees and so forth. And then you have that big crowd, thousands of people just following Jesus, kind of like seekers in today's language. Then we have the disciples. Now, this is not the 12 yet because the last part is the 12. And these are like a smaller group, part, um, like out of the crowd that would close, follow closer. And these are the believers, right? Now, a lot of people have translated this into today's modern context. And then today, I think the line between the disciples and the 12 wouldn't really exist. It would just be, we are the disciples kind of thing. Basically, the closer you get to Jesus, the more responsibilities you get and the more you also get in return. And what do you get in return? I mentioned before, we get to understand the identity and purpose of Jesus. And it goes back to responsibility. Jesus gives power with great responsibility that he calls us to. So in terms of um, the instructions for the responsibility that we see in the first half of today's um, passage, there are two observations. Negative instructions in terms of things. Jesus tells them, don't take all those things that you need, right? Now, the five things, staff, bag, bread, bread, money, and extra shirt, these are the necessities, actually, if you think about it. But Jesus sends them out lacking to remind them that it is Jesus's mission. It is God's mission that they are going about. And in the responsibilities here teach dependence on God. And in doing that, we learn to love God as we learn to depend on God. Now, the second thing is a, there are positive instructions in terms of people and uh, relationships that are part of the responsibilities that God has called us to. So the gospel is characterized by relationships of mutual trust and sharing, not by campaigning, crusading, and fighting and conquering. Even with people that don't know Jesus yet, Jesus teaches us to trust them, right? Be open to them, even be vulnerable to them. Now, this is huge in terms of, you know, us and ministry. God, you know, we have to give trust first so that we can expect trust in return. It's risky, but it's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus made himself vulnerable even to Judas Iscariot, who Jesus knew would betray him. Jesus became vulnerable to invite vulnerability. And this teaches dependence on people. And while doing so, it teaches us to love people. And finally, while the disciples were doing this, the, all the, everything that Jesus was doing, we hear just a little snippet that Herod was confused because he kept hearing about Jesus everywhere, it says. Now, what this is basically all the disciples that scattered everywhere. And this is basically the picture of what a Christian is, many versions of Jesus, many Jesuses. This is what the world should be seeing. The world should be seeing Jesuses everywhere because Christians are everywhere and we are going about our responsibilities with the power that Jesus has given us.
There are so many things that we can apply from today's passage. And just a couple of things, working back uh, from what we were talking about. And the last thing that I was talking about was how Herod was confused because he kept hearing about Jesus all over the place, scattered everywhere around him. And he thought, you know, I, you know, he's a John. I don't know who, who this new person is. But he kept hearing about this person doing wonderful work. And I think that's how we should be working. People should remember, the world should remember Jesus whenever we do anything, whenever we serve, whenever we are spreading the gospel, preaching and doing the good works. The name of Jesus should be what people remember. And then learning also to depend on people, even people who do not believe in Jesus yet. There is something I think a lot of Christians kind of forego because, you know, we can learn from believers, but we cannot learn from, you know, unbelievers, right? But that is the kind of way of ministry that Jesus taught us. And then, of course, depending on Jesus, on God and His power to go about and to fulfill His ministry, the responsibilities that He has given us. I think these things, and then the leadership model that Jesus also teaches us to be free, to empower people, to do the same work, to, as Jesus promised us, the Holy Spirit. And he literally said that we will do greater things than even he did. Let's embrace that in our churches, in our ministry, in our small groups, in our organizations, and that way reveal Christ-likeness to the world. Amen? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today, Lord. And as we begin this new month, uh, help us to grow as disciples, as disciples, Lord, followers who know how to lead, and leaders who know how to follow well. I pray uh, that the examples and everything that we read today, that we studied today, Lord, through this passage, uh, will become activated and practical in our lives. May we reveal Christ always in all that we do. May people remember Christ and help us to learn dependence on people and you, God, so that we can grow as a leader, as a disciple, Lord. We thank you, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Singer soul, the